Amen, amen. Sup, free church. Hey, just remember that Sunday morning, Christmas Eve, the 10 a.m. service is a worship service. It will include uh, some Christmas worship and a special moment with all the kids on stage. And then Christmas Eve, 6 p.m. is actually our Christmas show. So we want you to be a part of both services if you can. We understand if you're traveling, uh, watch online, but join us. It's going to be a great, great day, a full day. But join us for 10 a.m. worship and then 6 p.m. the Christmas Eve service. Bring your whole family, everybody that's in from town, um, and, and put those kids in their pajamas if you need to. It's going to be a great, a great day. Well, listen, I'm ready to preach God's word. Are you ready to receive it today? The year was 2003, and we were living in Houston at the time. And in 2003, it was just the C4s, a Cold Grove party of four. It was me and Urshana and... Ethan and Elliot, and uh, because we lived so far removed from most of our family through a lot of our years in Texas, we were the ones that always got to travel uh, back to Michigan for Christmas, and so that meant, you know, some, some days Santa came early before Christmas to, so that we could travel and Santa could do what he's supposed to do, and so on um, this particular year, though, we, we decided we're traveling on Christmas Day, and so we actually got a flight for Christmas evening, actually, and so... We, we were ready, and Santa came, and we woke up that morning to just a delight of all the sweet gifts under the tree, and I mean, Elliot was almost two, and that would have meant Ethan was five, and so this was really like the most special time of the year for the holidays, and so we, we gather around the tree in our little room, and, uh, and, and we start sharing gifts, and we had a, a high school student that was living with us at the time, and so he was with us, and, and we started getting gifts together, and Ethan was opening gifts, and so excited, and we were helping Elliot. He was mostly not opening gifts. We were doing it for him, and, but, but we're planning on flying out of town later that day, and as we're opening some of the gifts, Elliot gets a little sick, and not to give you all the gory details, um, but it's, it was like, it, he was, well, he was throwing up. I'm just going to have to say it so that you don't think anything else. But so he was, he was starting to throw up. And um, so we were like, okay. And we we're like, man, we're leaving tonight to travel to Michigan. And uh, BC, before COVID, you could never do what we did. We just like gave him some medicine and headed to the airport. You could never do that now. You would be in so much trouble. But we just decided, like, listen, we got tickets, and he might be a little sick, but we were popping some pills, not pills, little, little, <laughs> little healthy juice in him to, <laughs> so he'd stop throwing up and just, like, plug it up, buttercup, and, um, and literally we raced to the airport, got on the plane, and flew to Grand Rapids, and really had no other trouble. It was just, like, that morning, little morning sickness for Elliot, and, uh, but really, it was the year that I learned, listen, things are not going to go perfect, and in the most stressful times, even more stressful things happen, but if you can laugh at it now, you should, because you're going to definitely laugh at it later. So turn around and tell your neighbor, hey, happy holidays. And uh, to the one you've ignored all service, just bump it and say, hey, stop stressing. We're in this series of... Happy holidays. We got some photos up here. Some of you sent photos, and over the next couple of weeks, we'll add them. And some of them are really cute family photos, and some of them, like the one of Evan and Eli there, that was just the awestruck fear of meeting Santa. <laughs> and that's 
pretty much their response for their first five years going to see Santa. So, um, but send me your pictures. We'll, we'll get them up on the title screen. And I had one of me and Urshana, but I chickened out of putting it up there. So maybe I'll do that next week. But we're in this series called Happy Holidays. And last week we started it off and the first part of this message was really building uh, healthy habits or relational habits for happy holidays and just to help you get through the holidays and beyond the reality is is if you have happy relationships you'll have happy life and if your relationships are stressed your life is going to be stressed and there are ways that you can develop happy and strong relational habits that won't just help you in the holidays but it will help you tremendously in all times, and we talked about it last week. We're looking at the book of Philippians, and we began with chapter one last week. And Paul writes later in Philippians 4 4, he says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say, Rejoice. It is like a thank you letter that Paul is writing to uh, the church in Philippi. And last week we learned we should be grateful for the people in our life. We should be grateful for the people in our life. And, and we talked about it for a second. And, and I just felt like the Lord impressed on me this week as I was preparing that some of, you are, some of you, may be, you may be looking at the people in your life and say, I think there's other people to be added in my life. And maybe you're single and you're, you're praying for a spouse or you're believing for significant relationships in your life. And I would tell you, be grateful for the people in your life. But you could also be grateful for the people God wants to put in your life. So when, when, you're, when you praise God for things that have already happened, that's called gratitude. But when you praise God for things that have not happened yet, that's called faith. And so you can actually have gratitude, be, be grateful for what's already been accomplished, and then praise God for who he wants to send into your life. So, so that was the first part, be grateful for the people in your life. And then the second thing we learned last week was you should pray for joy or pray with joy for the people in your life. Pray with joy for the people in your life. And, and, and we know we pray for people, but how many times do we pray, like, God, you better change them now before I take them out? And, um, you know, we always want to change people, but the reality is we don't change people. God can. And I, I encourage you last week, and I'll reinforce this this week, how you pray for people matters and not just the people you love, you can pray for anybody this way, but we said, they said there are four things you should pray for people on a daily basis. I hope you did your homework and began to pray for your family this week. But number one, you should pray that they'll grow in love. Like, the love will abound in your life. You should pray that they will make wise decisions. And then you should pray that they live with integrity. And then finally, pray that they become more like Jesus. And I'm, I'm going to tell you, when you begin to pray that way, it will change uh, the results and it will change the peace in your life. It'll add peace to your life because you realize you're not responsible for making them change. God is. And, and listen, parents, if you're stressed out about your child and how they're acting and the things that they're doing, look, at, you put them in God's hands. And you begin to pray this over their lives, and our God will hear and he will answer. So we pray with joy for the people in our life. So we're all caught up from last week, and I'm going to close this out in the next six minutes. So hold on, put your seatbelt on, and let's roll. You ready? Number three, 
in relational habits for happy holidays and beyond. Number three is this, expect the best from people. This goes against our current culture. Because the reality is in our culture, we actually expect everyone to fail first. We, we actually expect, uh, and we have an underappreciated value for the people in our life, but we need to learn how to expect the best from them. Paul writes this in verse six, he says, I am convinced and confident of this very thing that he who has begun a good work in you will continue to perfect and complete it until the day of Jesus Christ or the time of his return. Paul, Paul learned how to expect the best from people and, and he, had, he had this ability to see the best in people. And I started to think when we first meet Paul, his name is actually Saul and he wasn't good at bringing out the best in people. He actually, the first time we meet him in, in Acts chapter uh, 7, I believe, he's actually holding the coats for people who are stoning Christians. And then later, he's getting letters so that he can go and throw Christians in jail and murder them. That's not bringing out the best in people. But he has a transformation where he meets Jesus and from that moment on, he begins to bring out the best in people. And you can read all through the epistles, all the people that he spoke into, Timothy, Onesimus, Barnabas. You can, you can read all through that. He started to bring out the best in people. How did he do that? Number one, you have to believe in them. You have to believe in people. Believe in them. Believe in them. Uh, he says, I'm convinced and I am confident. I'm convinced and I am confident. I believe in you. I, be I believe God's not done yet. So you want to believe in people. And you can make that a habit to believe in people. But you might say, PC, but I don't want to believe in people and be hurt. Well, listen, let God handle that. You believe the best in people and then let God do the rest. So when you're bringing out the best in people, number one, you believe in them. Number two, give them a vision. Give them a vision. Paul says, I am confident and convinced that he who began a good work in you will complete it to the end. Hey, give them a vision. We know that the Bible says without vision, people perish. If you have people in your life that you want to just really see the best come out of them, give them a vision. Tell them how good it can get. Let them know God's not finished yet. Let them know God's going to complete it all the way to the end. Let them know better days are ahead. Why? Because I believe in you and I'm confident and convinced that God is going to work it out in your life. Give them a vision. Give them a vision. I, I read this story about this teacher, and she was called upon in the middle of a school year to uh, come and finish the school year because the teacher of the class originally who started the year uh, did not do well. And, and in fact, the class was made up of all kids that were on the verge of dropping out and failing out of school. And, and so the teacher that was in that class assigned, she just gave up and walked out the door. And so they brought in a teacher and, and they were like, You're gonna, they want her to rescue this class. And what's the, what was so crazy as I was reading this study, she got to the class and, and on her way to her first day, somebody in the hallway just said, hey, I heard that, that they gave you the best class in the school. And said it kind of like, you know, jokingly, uh, and she didn't know. She didn't really know what she's getting into. And so she was like, yeah, yeah, that's me. 
teacher of the best class. And so she walked in and starts teaching the kids. And days go into weeks and weeks go into a couple of months. And then she closes out the semester. And at the end of the semester, all the kids were, they had all A's in that class. And, and, and everybody was like, wow, what did you do? What, what, what took place? You must, you must be incredible. You were, and they, they finally told her, you took all the kids that were near dropping out and you made them into A students. What was your secret? And she was like, dropping out? You told me you were giving me the best class. So I taught them as if they were the best class. And it revealed this principle... It revealed this principle called the Pygmalion principle that pers- uh, expectations are typically met whether they're spoken or perceived. When you believe in people and when you give them a vision, it can transform how people respond and where they go. The third, the third thing about bringing about the, the best in people is you need to be patient. Be patient. I'm convinced, I'm confident, I believe in you, that God who began the work, here's the vision, will complete it all the way to the end. Not tomorrow, but he's going to complete it all the way to the end. He's going to perfect his purpose in you. And listen, we need to be patient. And how do we know or how, how can I help you to be patient and to learn patience is this. You need to learn how to celebrate how far people have come rather than judging them for how far they have to go. Let's just let that sit up on the screen for a second. You need to celebrate how far people have come rather than judging them for how far they have to go. You know, it, it occurs to me that this is how God loves us and is patient with us. He didn't wait until we got it all together to love, to, to love us. Romans 5, 8 says that while we are yet sinners, Christ died for us. Like, not waiting for us to get better. He did it in advance, believing in us, giving us a vision, and then patiently waiting for us to continue to work our way one day at a time from where I am to where he wants me. And if you, will, if you will invest in people in your life by believing in them, it will change the people in your life. All right? So, number one, you need to be grateful for the people in your life. Number two, you need to pray with joy for the people in your life. Number three, you need to believe in people. And the last happy habit or the relational habit for a happy holidays and beyond, number four, is to love people like Jesus did. Love people like Jesus did. Check this out. In in Philippians, uh, it says this. uh, Let's go to the next verse, Evan. Uh, He says this. Let me go to my notes. God is my witness. There we go. God is my witness that I tell you the truth when I say that my deep feeling for you, for you, all comes from the heart of Christ Jesus himself. Now, a couple of weeks ago, Pastor Matthew preached an incredible message about forgiveness and how when we struggle to forgive people, we need to learn what Jesus did when Jesus said, Father, forgive them. 
for they don't know what they're doing. That forgiveness doesn't just come, it has to come through me, and it comes through me through the power of God and how he forgives. And it's the same with how we love people. Pull that scripture back up, Evan, one more time. He says this, God is my witness that I tell you the truth when I say that my deep feeling for you all comes from the heart of Jesus Christ himself. It's the same principle that we learned about forgiveness that we can learn about loving people the way Jesus did. On my own strength and of my own ability, I may not be able to love the people that are in my life the way I should, the way Jesus did. And sometimes I'm like, I might love you, but I don't like you. But the reality is we're called to love people the way Jesus loved. Look at this in, in the last scripture in, in 1 John uh, 3.16. It says this. Do we have that one up there, Evan? 1 John 3.16. Let me go to my notes. There it is. We know that real, what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us so that we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. So check this out. We know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. So we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. 1 John 3.16. I realize when I say we should love like Jesus loved, it's easy to talk but hard, out, hard to walk. Right? It's easy to talk it out, it's hard to walk it out. And then we read 1 John 3.16, we're like, we know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us, so we ought to give our lives for our brothers and sisters. What does 1 John 3.16 sound like? John 3.16. It's the same writer. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. John 3.16 is the pathway to salvation. 1 John 3.16 is the pathway to community. That because Jesus loved us first, we can love others. And you're like, PC, can't you do some, can you do some somersaults and make this all like really? No, I can't. Because the reality is, this is the principle we're called to live out. And if you want to have a stress-free holiday, I can probably say it's not going to be stress-free. Because we talked about the things that stretch you, stress you out. No time and no money. All the other shoppers. All the traffic. But the reality is that's all going to still be there. But if you practice these principles, you're going to have a peace that goes past the understanding of the situation. And God himself provides that peace. And it's just simply this. I choose joy in this situation. I choose the joy of the Lord as my strength. I choose to laugh now because I feel like I'll be able to laugh later. And it's all because I've invested in the people in my life in a way that comes straight from God's word. And when I do my part, God will always do his part. Can you receive that word today? Come on, let's, let me pray for you.